It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, a spoiler-free episode in which we're discussing Scream 6. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies and can't wait to get in to talk about Scream 6, which is the latest instalment in the hugely popular slasher franchise and follows the core four survivors of the last ghost face killings after they leave Woodsboro behind to start a fresh chapter in New York City. But a masked killer resurfaces and they'll have to fight for their lives once again. Scream 6 is directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpen and Tyler Gillett from a screenplay by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick based on characters created by the one and only Kevin Williamson. The one and only indeed. Scream 6 stars Melissa Barrera, Courtney Cox, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Hayden Panettiere, Jack Champion, Liana Liberato, Samara Weaving and Dermot Mulroney. Okay, here we are at the requel sequel. <laughs> Get your head around that, folks. Another new term coined. <laughs> That's it. And, of course, in this one, the rules of a slasher franchise are once again referenced by Mindy, who says we're no longer just a requel sequel. They're in a franchise. I mean, it feels like stating the obvious when you're six movies into a series of course we're in a franchise but I guess from their perspective their world these new characters that have only been involved in one they're like hold on a minute this isn't just a sequel there's going to be so much more we're in a franchise guys and (laughs) as a movie slasher buff that Mindy is it's it's great that that line comes from her and that meta angle that this series does really well plays into it too and there are of course new rules that go with being in a franchise so we go through some of Mm -hmm. them everything is bigger and better, including car chases and action. Would you say they, they nailed that one? Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the thing that is 
the biggest, and we'll talk about this in the episode, is the fact that we're out of Woodsboro for the first time since 2000's Scream, mm. where it took place in Hollywood. We're in New York City. I mean, there's no bigger playground yep. for any sort of story to play out in, in the Big Apple, let alone a slasher with some killers running around, running amok, killing people yep. as spectacularly as Ghostface does in this one. Something as simple as changing the set location adds a freshness to this film that is very fresh all the way through, I feel, and we'll talk about that a bit more. So the second rule is they now have to subvert expectations to keep the audience engaged, which is something they had to do anyway because we're in the sixth film now. You've got to keep it fresh somehow. 100%. And, of course, what they do there is plant those seeds of doubt, that nervousness, that anxiety when they're basically saying – No one is safe. Mm. So legacy characters, of course, as well as any new characters that you may have fallen in love with, they're saying, hold on, guys, anything is possible here in Scream 6. And not just legacy characters and new characters. The main characters are on the chopping block because I don't know if we can call uh, Melissa Barrera and Jen Ortega legacy characters yet. No, not yet, not yet. But, you know, your final girl is not necessarily going to be your final girl. That's what they're trying to plant here. They're going to say no one is safe and you better watch your back. Basically anything can happen. And I think what they do with this film is they blow what we expect from a screen film right out of the water from the very beginning. We're not going to spoil anything, as we said, but I thought when the opening sequence of this film happened, it's very familiar, but at the same time I thought, okay, what's going on here? What are they doing here? Because they do something very different that they've never done in other Scream films. Um, And I really liked it. Oh, me too. I dug it because it's one of the things I love most about the Scream franchise is the opening scene. And you're like, hold on, there's two more hours after the opening scene. So you can't get too hung up on how the movie opens because you have so much more to, Mm. to sit through and endure. But they really, really do something different here. And they've been doing this way back when they cast Drew Barrymore in the first film and killed her off, yeah. subverting what the expectations of the audience are in terms of a big actress in Hollywood at the time and killing her straight away, a la Psycho as well, you know, mm. the big actress who, who got killed straight away or very early on in the film. And Scream, the franchise, has kept you on your toes ever since in, oh, my gosh, how are they going to handle the opening scene? And this was so much fun in this one. It was really fun. And it features Samara Weaving, very heavily, which was quite fun to see the Aussie actress in there, really playing up her Aussie accent. <laughs> it's quite jarring. <laughs> we talk, yes, r- r- quite jarring. I was going to ask you this, how you felt about the Aussie representation, not only through Samara as an Aussie actress, but not shying away from the Oka Aussie accent that comes with it. <laughs> did you find it uncomfortable or did you settle into it a bit? I think she was leaning into it a little harder than what her natural accent is. So that was kind of (laughs) off-putting. Our own accents are (laughs) off-putting. Even though they're keeping it fresh, though, there are some really nice callbacks to the original, again, which we won't spoil, because one of them in particular had the cinema cheering so loudly. And that's one of the things I loved about this screening that we went to. Everybody was well into it. There were vocal reactions, people cheering, people shouting. When uh, Gail Weathers came on the screen, somebody yelled out, Gail! (laughs) You know what? I'm so glad you called that out because this is why we love going to the cinema. And there are films and there are genres that you just need to share with strangers in a dark room. And the Scream franchise is definitely one of them because it elicits 
a reaction naturally. But when you're in a screening with such fans as we were in this premiere screening in Sydney, it just elevates the whole experience so much more. And it's just so much fun to be a part of it because you just get so caught up in the spectacle of it all, don't you? Yeah. And I'm not one for being very vocal in a cinema. Like I'll react and all that kind of thing. But when a movie really, really hits me, I get swept up in that experience too. And this is one of those films where I was really swept up in it. I think I was being quite loud. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was being quite loud next to you. Obviously, uh, you listen and know how much of a scaredy cat I am in scary movies. So I, I jumped quite high from time to time. The writers really have a knack for misdirection and red herrings. Mm. But I will say it does get a little monotonous when you get towards the third act and they do the whole villain monologue. That became a little tiresome for me. You know, the whole, let me explain why I've done this and tell you all the back things that you might not have picked up along the way. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And that's what's Scream is about, it's it's almost that sort of Poirot saying, this is how I solved the murder right. and here's all these intricities about it and things you may have missed. So it definitely hams and plays that up and I feel it's hard to compare with all the others but maybe it's the most hammy third act from – it's yeah. quite kitschy, I guess, in this one. So yeah. I totally agree. I hear what you're saying. It's like they fit the mould – but also make fun of the mould and also break the mould at the same time. So they're playing in all these different spaces and trying to keep that balance right. I think for the most part, the story and the script does get that right. There is some cheesy dialogue in there. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the character choices are a bit frustrating for the convenience of getting them into certain situations. Um, but that's a horror movie, isn't it? You know, don't go out there. Don't open the door. What the hell are you doing? 100%. It, it, it's part of a horror trope. You are so right. And it makes you always wonder, like, obviously this is heightened scenario. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot at stake. If you were in their shoes, would you have more clear of mind? Would you actually sit back and be like, actually, should I be going into this building? (laughs) Should I be going about this particular thing in this way? I have a gun and my back against a wall in a locked room. Should I really unlock the door and be distracted (laughs) by the phone and walk out? No, probably not. But also I'd like to think I'd be a bit smarter, but I mean, who knows? I don't want to find out for sure. I was going to say, I don't really (laughs) want to manifest that for either of us, just to be clear. Just to build on your point about how everything comes to a head in the third act, it's really kitschy and overzealous and very sort of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Mm. going through the whole alphabet, explaining everything. This film for me was at times quite complex in its execution, it was trying to be really clever, especially in how it wove all the references from literally every single Scream film mm. and killer that has come before it. But I really loved the theatrics of it all at the same time. It added something really sinister and menacing to the story and the feeling around it. And obviously, we can't, we can't go into any detail, <laughs> yeah. lol, because it's a spoiler-free episode. But that was the feeling I took out of how they dealt with the plot and the story. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Can we talk about the characters without giving anything mm. away, obviously? We have the four <laughs> group of Woodsboro survivors who have coined themselves the Core Four, a very cool nickname. Yeah, it is cool. Depending who you ask, though. (laughs) That's Sam, Tara, Mindy and Chad. So the two sets of siblings. And it's interesting to see how their dynamics have changed since the last massacre. Most of them are in college. We've got big sister Sam keeping an eye on everything. But it's nice to see some character development. 
for them in this film. They're not just using them as bodies for another killer and different set pieces. Yeah, I loved that about this film as well because we were introduced to these quote-unquote core four in Scream 5 very recently and they were really likable, fun characters. And in Scream 6, they really focus on their development, how they're dealing with the trauma of the events of the previous film. And I love the camaraderie and the friendship and also the banter between them. I think that was a huge strength of this film that you could go in not expecting, but being pleasantly surprised that that's how they chose to sort of invite us back into this world, giving more character to it. I will agree with you there. Sam, just to expand on what you said, is struggling with her identity Mm. and still being the daughter of a serial killer. So they retread a bit of ground there, but add a bit more to it. Uh, Tara, played by Jenna Ortega, is trying to find her way in college, independent of her overprotective sister. And Mindy and Chad perhaps had the least amount of character development, but the chemistry between them as twins, between Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding, it's just effortless and fun. Like that back and forth banter, as you said, is just really enjoyable to watch. And they're the perfect vessel, especially in Mindy, to inject some of that classic scream humour where they're just so self-aware of the scenario that they're in, especially Mindy as being a film slash a fan, just calling out the shit and the scenarios that she surrounds herself (laughs) in and just kind of, oh my God, this again, or I can't believe I didn't see that coming. You know, that's always really fun about this series. What was quite fun in this one is that she gets it wrong a lot of the time. (laughs) Yes. And she calls it out too, which, which is really refreshing and it's what I like about this franchise so much because it's just so self-aware. Can, can I ask you something, mm. Lee, about Sam? Because I find her character, played by Melissa Barrera, really complex and interesting, especially with her association being the daughter of Billy Loomis, mm. the, one of the ghost face killers in the first film. Where do you think they're going to take this? Because mm. they keep leaning into her sort of, she feels good about what how it felt to like, kill her boyfriend in the previous film and that's really unsettling and concerning for her. Where are we going with this? Yeah, a good question because they're keeping those sinister undertones flowing throughout the film to keep you guessing about what her motives Mm -hmm. are and her intentions are, which is very clever in this film. And then... Yeah, but they're touching on it and not really expanding on it anymore. And you did you want them to go further and really dive into that aspect of her character? See, I like it. They're doing the same thing consistently. And I wasn't expecting anything to really come to a head in this one, but I am for the next one. So I really want them to have some sort of resolution or, or something to happen that feeds into her feeling and her visions and that sort of unsettling nature mm. about her association with Billy. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't think they can just move away from it. There needs to be a reason that they're hooking us back in in this space time and time again. But also, by the same token, the fact that they've done it through two films now and not really gone any further with it, does that Mm. mean they then can't go any further with it because we'd be expecting it? That's true, but I hope that in the writers in James and Guy that they have something in store and it's not one of those franchises and and multiple sequels where they plant seeds in the earlier films and then like fuck actually we hadn't actually decided what we're (laughs) going to do with this it's it's all too common in franchises these days yeah you talk about them doing that a lot in marvel and star wars films and just like pick up the thread pick up the damn thread again pick up the thread what was in the box what was (laughs) the significance (laughs) 
I want to touch on quickly some of the new characters that are included in this film. We have Ethan, played by Jack Champion of Avatar fame. We have mm. Tara's roommate, Quinn, played by Liana Liberato. Danny, who's a love interest for Sam, played by Josh Segarra. And Quinn's police officer father, Dermot Mulroney. You always need fresh blood in these things. Yes. And these characters all bring something interesting to the film. Yes, literally and figuratively, depending on how you interpret that statement, fresh blood. I, I remember in the screening that you turned to me when Detective Bailey, who's played by Dermot Mulroney, shows up and you're like, oh, I forgot he was in this movie. Huge <laughs> fans of Dermot, a bit of a heartthrob. Yeah. Uh, and I, I liked him in this. Oh, my God. In Young Guns 2, Hottie, had a massive <laughs> crush when I was younger. <laughs> there you go. I think you're certainly not alone <laughs> in that sentiment, Lee. Uh, Courtney Cox is, of course, back. She is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. More Courtney Cox, please, in everything. Yeah, okay. So this is where I had a huge gripe with this. Ooh. And I'm really wondering where you are with this feeling. So just bear with me for a sec because I felt that Gail Weathers, they, they didn't know what to do with her in this film. Right. I found she was underutilized and as a result poorly handled there was such rich territory obviously off the back of the last scream with dewey one of the legacy characters uh sadly dying and what that would mean for her but we had a gail who once again manipulated the situation she'd written a book she'd piss people off and mm. i thought would hasn't gail changed now why why did they put her back in that box that we've seen tried yeah. and tested i wanted her to move on from that sort of box that mm. we put a character in before. I see what you're saying. They've had a missed opportunity for some character development with Gail. I thought it was quite fun that they did a lot of callbacks to the first film in terms of her character. I liked that, but I, I do hear what you're saying, that there was after the death of Dewey, which is so huge massive in the last film, massive. Yeah, they didn't really touch on it so much besides her looking forlornly at some photos. And I mean, that's where Courtney Cox really shines though. She elevates the material with her performance. Doesn't she? And look, Gail Weathers is probably my favourite character in the franchise. I just can't get enough. So what I'm pairing my feeling about how she was written into this is the absence of Sydney Prescott. Like we have to oh, discuss that. I felt that hard. Right. And I kept hoping, and this is a bit of a spoiler because she doesn't show up. We know she doesn't show up because it's been in the news. But still, mm. in the back of my mind, I was saying to you, please give us this like massive, massive red herring where they've just completely misdirected us with all this talk of um, salary and pay. And it's the world's greatest secret that she's actually in it. But no. Oh, see, I would have fucking loved that. Like you have no idea. So just to build on that, I was in the same headspace as you, Lee, because I couldn't get out of my head that Sydney wasn't in it. And if she was in it, what would her role be? How would she show up? How would that change in how they would manage the legacy characters? Mm. The sort of interaction between her and Gail Weathers was sorely missed. I loved that in the previous film. And as a result, that's why I don't think they knew what to do with Gail other than one particularly brilliant fucking scene that she's in, which I absolutely loved. I, I felt that the absence of Sydney had a ripple effect into right. Gale and it left a huge hole in my experience in this movie because I couldn't get it out of my head. But see, also in the last movie, I did feel like they underutilised Sydney as well. Like it was great to see her there, but it was very much a cameo. Yeah, fair, like fair enough. You are right, but I, I really, really believe 
that she was meant to be in this film and there's a script with her in it and having to remove her needed to tweak some things around. Mm. And it could have been that case where we're building up to the next one, to the next one where she may be more involved in it. Will she die? Who knows? These are all questions that that we ask ourselves. Okay, so interesting. You're saying that you think maybe there was a version of the script that had her in it and might have utilised Gail and Sydney a bit more together and they had to hastily maybe rewrite it when she wasn't coming on board and that's maybe where Gail has fallen by the wayside. That's that's definitely my hot take on it. It's yep. a theory. Mm, it's a theory. It was fun to see Hayden Panettiere back in there in an unexpected yep. capacity, which we won't spoil. I was like, oh, that's what they're going to do with her. And do you know what? I believed it. I backed it and I thought, okay, yeah, this is where her character would lead. And it really, really worked. Yeah. She is such a huge fan favourite. She showed up for those that may not be aware. She was, I guess, the Mindy character in Scream 4, the huge slasher film buff. So they had some really fun two-handers, didn't they, in this movie? Yes, they did. Yeah. There was one thing that my friend Jake described of Hayden's performance that I literally can't get out of my head now. Tell me. Because... Like her performance was quite fun and at times silly, but it, it but it did work. She was definitely hamming the shit out of it, hamming it up big time. He said that it was like she had a cigarette hanging out the side of her mouth the entire time as she was talking. <laughs> Do you get that? Just the way she was speaking and she was a bit gravelly and I don't know, it played in with her character quite well, but yeah. now I just keep playing it over my head with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and she's talking about these. She's definitely a bit rough around the edges in terms of the character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. That's definitely right. Now, Ghostface has always been brutal, right? Mm. But there is something extremely extra about walking into a packed corner shop full of people and stabbing the shit out of anyone within range. I loved that. Changing the location to New York really took those horror tropes and what we expect from Ghostface and I just felt it was so much more brutal and aggressive and violent, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and that, I guess, leads into the third act where the motive and the intention behind Ghostface can definitely be felt. It, It is so intense. It is so gory. And you're right. The visual playground that this film offers, having New York and these classic set pieces of a corner store shotgun just brutality crawling on Mm. the broken glass like that was one of the most tense scenes and the other favorite scene that i had which is quintessential new york it was tense to no end was that subway scene how good was that he's definitely a lot bolder in this film and i loved that i love that they went in that direction i will say though the amount of times that Ghostface gets smashed in the face in this film (laughs) And, yes, thank you. And not only gets up, but doesn't ever have bruises or concussion. You know, you expect <laughs> them to be walking around going, who is I killing again? What's my motive? Who am I? Huh? <laughs> you know what? Maybe in Scream 7 we'll get a disorientated ghost face <laughs> where they suffer concussion and they're like, duh, duh, who's next? I don't know. Can you tell me? He did take a lot of blows to the head in this film. Yeah, and you felt every one, right? Because... Yeah. It really upped the ante of the gore and the intensity of the kills and those blows to the head that they got, you've like, oh, you had to look away. I thought, yeah. how are they not dead? Fuck. Yeah, and of course, this being a Scream film, you know that you will see 
who Ghostface is and that they're in, mm-hmm. integrated into the film somehow throughout. So, so yeah, seeing the characters and knowing who Ghostface is at the end, I went, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. No marks, no, no suspicious uh, injuries that people might look at them and go, hmm, how did you get that? It's, it's almost like the writers and the director were like, okay, we've really got to up the violence and the gore here. It's what audiences expect of these films, but we can't actually, you know, represent it in reality because then it will reveal who the killers are exactly. <laughs> throughout the film. So we're just going to have to, they're just going to have to accept yeah. it. They're just going to have to accept it. As I said, the kills are bloody and brutal. There is some really gruesome body horror which is very entertaining. Ooh, yeah. And the practical effects are back again in camera stuff, which we love from the Scream films. 100%. I mean, it is what is expected of this genre, of this franchise. They don't shy away from it where you think the camera is going to cut or tilt away. It doesn't. It even zooms in and invites you into the core <laughs> a little more yes. than you were hoping for. And it just adds to how much fun the franchise is. Yeah, it really got me squirming and shouting out. And again, just having that yeah. that really immersive experience, which I loved. There's a line early on in the movie, which was quite funny, where a character says, horror movies show you the culture of the moment by examining the tropes of the time. I think it's Samara mm-hmm. Weaving's character that says that. And it also sends up the IP. That's what Scream does so well, doesn't it? it it's very meta calling that out. This series has always you know, poked a little fun at itself, but also gives really smart commentary on the horror and the entertainment of the time. So they've they've modernised what horror tropes are and called them out and had fun with them and twisted them around like a bloody knife and I had a good time. (laughs) Pardon the pun, pardon the pun. Yeah, I agree. One of the takeouts, and I don't think it was particularly a fault of the film, but yes, there were moments of meta in, in this movie from beginning to end. And it's it's part. It's what you expect of this franchise. It's it's what elevates it so much amongst the genre. But I felt like it wasn't quite as meta as the previous one. Did you feel it kind of turned that down just a notch yeah. and focused in other areas? I think there was more focus in callbacks to the originals. Yeah, some fan service, which. I don't feel was on the nose. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. It worked. It definitely worked. 100%. Shall we wrap up our review of Scream 6, Tim? Yeah, all right. Let's give it a go. So, Scream 6 is a hell of a lot of fun. And as a fan of the franchise, it definitely satisfies. But as I said, I just can't help it. I simply couldn't stop or cannot stop thinking how the story would have been different if Sidney Prescott was in it. Her absence was haphazardly addressed and sorely missed, especially after the legacy cast element of Scream 5 being so perfectly handled, but adding nothing of real value in Scream 6, especially with Gail Weathers. It is not without its flaws, and there are plenty, but Scream 6 is another excellent addition to a 25-year-plus franchise that keeps finding new ways to prove its relevance and keep audiences wanting more. I'm going to rate Scream 6 three and a half popcorn kernels. Well, despite some moments of lacklustre dialogue and convenient plot choices, the filmmakers have managed to keep Scream 6 feeling fun and fresh. I don't often vocally react in the cinema, as I said, and this one had me squirming and shouting and having a blast all the way through. Time will tell if 
scoring a second winner will lull the filmmakers into a false sense of safety only to stab themselves in the foot by flogging future requel sequels. I'm going to give <laughs> Scream 6 three and a half popcorn kernels out of five. It didn't quite reach the heights of the last one for me, but it's still a bloody good time. I couldn't agree with you more. Definitely worth checking out. And you can catch Scream 6 in Australian cinemas from March 9, friends. That brings us to a close of another bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. As always, friends, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.